Hello, this is Michael with Church Brain Guide. Welcome to the Church Brain Guide podcast. In this episode, we are talking about announcements. How do we do announcements really well at our church? You know, this is one of those things where if you're a communications director, this is underneath you and you're probably responsible for helping people understand what's going on at the church. And one of the great tools we have is doing announcements. So we'll unpack that here in just a moment. Before we do, let me set up this podcast. Basically, this podcast, the Church Brain Guide podcast exists to help you cut through the noise and reach people you are pursuing in your community. We say it like this, we want to help you reach more people, see more people show up at your church, get more people to uh, experience the life change that God has for them through the ministry of your church, and get more people to then buy into the vision that God has given you. So we give you tips and uh, show you some great tools to help you do that really well. I came up as a communications director in a church and a large church, also smaller churches, and I want to help you to get further faster than I did by sharing with you all the different tips I have uh, that I've learned over the years to help you do this really, really well. So if you're a pastor and you are wearing all the hats, this is going to help you. If you are somebody that's volunteering at your church to do this role, uh, communications, which includes digital uh, communication tools like your social media or your website. It includes maybe printed pieces like signage or flyers, uh, but it also includes maybe verbal communication things such as announcements. Um, I just want to help you understand how to do this really well so you can win. Ultimately, the kingdom gets to win because people are able to take, to take next steps within your church. I, I truly believe the local church is the hope of the world, so I want to help you succeed. Uh, in this episode, like we talked about, we're talking, to, we're, we're, we're talking to Joshua Riggs. He's our special guest. Joshua has been doing this for a long time where he's doing communications on various levels at his church. He also has a business and a great resource he provides for churches, uh, so he really knows what he's talking about. So him and I have this great conversation. It's actually a lot of great information. I, I separated it out into two episodes. So this will be part one, uh, and, and again, both episodes are dealing with how do we do announcements really well. It's, it's kind of the stepchild of church experience, like we kind of think about it as a kind of a second thought, but how do we do that really well? Um, so let's get into this episode with Joshua Riggs as we talk about doing announcement at your church. Welcome to our podcast today. I'm here with Joshua Riggs, and we're going to jump into a great topic of announcements. Hey, Joshua, how's it going? Good. How are you doing, Michael? All right. I'm doing well. So a funny story. um, I had a church I was working with, and they were uh, doing announcements, and they had a lot of announcements, uh, and it, it was almost overwhelming how many things they were trying to announce. And they had a bulletin, they had screens, they had um, a, a website page they were trying to point people to a QR code, a whole bunch of stuff going on. I was like, this social is a media. perfect job for yes, <laughs> social yeah. media. Uh-huh. So I was like, this is a perfect job for Joshua. <laughs> so, <laughs> uh, thanks for coming on and helping us out today with uh, how do we do announcements really well so that this stuff sticks and people take action. Uh, why don't you take a moment and just introduce yourself a little bit and uh, some of your background? Yeah. So First, I want to say thank you, Michael, uh, for the content and all the stuff you do to help the local church. Um, I have learned so much from you, and I have, without even telling you, I have 
taken some of the stuff that I've learned from you and taught it to other churches, <laughs> especially about branding and marketing. And so I appreciate all the work that you do and and how you help to resource the church uh, with like podcasts like this and other resources. And so if you're not wow, following, thank you. if, if yes. you're not to subscribe, like subscribe now, now's the time to subscribe, click click the like and subscribe to this uh, podcast, wherever you're watching it on or, or listening to. Um, but so my name is Joshua Riggs. I am the worship pastor at Bethany church in Broken Arrow, Oklahoma. It's just a little South of Tulsa. Um, I also am the creator of worship resources.church. Uh, you know, a lot of churches struggle to use tech the way it was meant to be used. And so I provide training and resources for churches so they they can use the best uh, the best software the best technology uh, to help their church get better. Uh, I'm married to Allison. We've been married for 19 years. We have five children, and uh, the oldest is 17. The youngest is four, and they are a huge uh, part of our our lives. A huge joy. And uh, so yeah, I uh, I'm excited to talk with you guys about announcements the uh the stepchild of church services right <laughs> that is a great way to put it that's so good um i think a lot of churches struggle with this so uh, this is gonna be super helpful before we got on our call today uh joshua and i were going through some notes and we realized you know what there's a lot here uh we're gonna actually break it up into two different episodes because it's really good and uh so the first part we're gonna tackle the um the mindset really of, of announcements. And then the, the, in the second part, we'll come back with some more tactical type of things, but you're right. Like th this whole stepchild type of mentality is so true. So I guess, well, why don't we start there? Like, how do you determine what announcements are going to be happening from the stage? So I, I think, uh, I think it's important that you start there because if you don't start, if you don't have some sort of system in place to determine what gets announced and what doesn't get announced, then everything will get announced. And then you end up with something that only applies to a handful of people having the same importance, or at least it feels like it's the same importance as something that applies to the entire congregation. And so uh, several years ago, we just we um, we came up with a communication plan, a communication policy, in part because we were getting all of these requests from people um, that had really good things going on in the church, uh, but we didn't feel like they were uh, of the most value to the to the overall congregation. And so, one of our goals with this process was to make sure that we were. Uh, communicating first with the with a first time guest in mind, like if they hear this announcement, are they going to be able to understand what we're talking about? But also, are they going to be able to take uh, a, take action on it? And then we also wanted to make sure that the most important things got the most important uh, time. And so, our uh, we basically established a system, and uh, it's based on the target audience. So we ask if if somebody requests for something to be communicated, we ask, does this apply to all or a majority of the audience? And basically, if it doesn't apply to a majority or a large group of the audience, then we don't announce it from the stage. So examples um, like, does it apply to all the men or all the women or all the parents? Uh, you get the idea. If it's a, a large group of the audience, uh, then we will we will communicate it. 
Uh, we also decided that we aren't going to announce birthdays or anniversaries or wedding showers or baby showers. Uh, we those those kind of those those things that are important to for churches to kind of be a part of as far as community goes. We didn't feel like those um, needed to have the most important value, and also there were other avenues that uh, those announcements could be communicated. And then um, we also decided if if it's an already established group of people, then we aren't going to make announcements for that group. So, for instance, if it's a a mission trip, a group that's already signed up to be a part of the a mission trip, it's and you know you can't sign up any more people to go on the trip. We're not going to make announcements about that trip anymore, except for when we highlight what the Lord did at the end of the trip. So, like, we're not going to say, "Hey, if you're a part of the mission group, if you're going on the mission trip in two weeks, make sure you meet down front with Pastor So and So." We're not communicating that. It's up to the group leader to communicate to that already established group. So like small group events uh, that are specific to a small group, we don't communicate those uh, outings or get togethers. We let the group leader communicate that however he or she uh, wants to. So how, um, how does that no, work ahead. when it comes? Yeah. So when it comes to like uh, the teenagers, um, how does that work? So it's a big group of people potentially, mm -hmm. but it's not, you know, so how would you handle any events happening within the, the youth group? Right. Yeah. That's, that's a good question because we, 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 we want to communicate uh, that there are things happening in the youth group <laughs> with the teenagers, but we also don't want to uh, alienate people that, either don't have a teen or aren't involved in youth ministry in any way, because when you start talking about things that don't apply to them, they automatically tune out. And so we're trying to keep the audience's attention for the entire announcement segment. Um, and so how we do it, it, it's very similar. If it's an, if it's an already established group, you know, the, the teens are going, uh, you know, to a movie outing, the youth pastor is responsible for communicating that, to his group however he sees fit normally it's a text message right they use remind and they'll he'll just text out whatever announcements he needs to send to the teenagers um, if it's an opportunity for teens to sign up for something then that would be uh, where we would we would have an opportunity but usually those opportunities for teens to sign up we also include adults where they can sign up as well so it's sort of a it's sometimes you have to just take it case by case, you know, as the announcement comes in, you have to decide, is this, does this provide value or communicate one of our values, you know, to the overall church? Or is it, is it really like we need 12 people to rake sister so-and-so's yard? We're not probably not going to communicate that from this stage um, because of the size of the church that we are. And also it'll be easier for us just to talk to one specific small group and go get the people to help, uh, to rake her yard. I will so, mention like that. Said, yeah, go ahead. I was going to say the same thing probably applies to like the kids ministry. Again, it's a big ministry. It probably involves a lot of people, volunteers, uh, the kids themselves, yeah. maybe even parents. So you might have a bigger event that that's like a VBS but right. then you also have some smaller things within the kids. So uh, I guess unpack, how would you do some of the kids announcements as well? Yeah. So kids announcements are similar to youth announcements. Um, 
uh, as opposed to normally with kids, you have to communicate directly to the parent with teenagers, you communicate to the teens and the parents, but with kids announcements, um, if it's, if it's something that the whole church, we want the whole church to be involved in like VBS, you mentioned, then yes, by far, we're going to, obviously we're going to push that to everybody from the stage and encourage everybody to be involved. But if it's, um, so if it's like kids joining the kids choir at the start of the semester, then that's something we'll communicate from the stage. But once that choir is already established, then we're not communicating the kids choir activities from then on. The only exception would be whenever they do a production. So they have a kids choir production. Obviously that applies to the whole church. We want the whole church to be a part of the production, you know, to come and watch and enjoy the the production. So then we, will bring the production or the kids choir event back up in front of the congregation. But from the time the signups are closed to the time the production happens, whatever happens in between, we're not communicating that from the stage. It's up to the kids choir director to communicate directly to the parents of the kids for okay. the, those activities. So, and I think I like, I like what you were saying too. Like if it's a, if it's emphasizes like one of the values of the church, then yeah. you know that's something you might want to try to figure out a way to communicate. Um, right, right, yeah. So the only like exception that. to those smaller, those smaller, uh, or smaller audience uh, announcements are if we are communicating a value or a mission of our church through by communicating that event. So sometimes, like for instance, our kids they did a missions project in the kids ministry where they put together some shoeboxes for homeless. And we communicated that event, not necessarily because we needed their help, the audience's help, but we wanted them to know that the kids were doing that event, that this is how the kids are on mission uh, for, you know, for God in our community. They're, they're putting these shoeboxes together. Uh, so if it, if it communicates an outreach event or a missions project, then we, we, we try to communicate all of those because we want the whole church, even if we don't need them to sign up for it. We want them to know that we're actually on mission to, uh, you know, we're accomplishing our mission to impact people so they can experience a life-changing relationship with Jesus. Very good. So how far out should we be announcing uh, events? So it depends on how many people you need for the event. That's uh, one of the factors you have to determine. Uh, so the major events that we do, Easter, Christmas, VBS, Trunk or Treat, you, you know, if, if you do a fall festival, uh, something like that, we usually are communicating those about six weeks out. Six weeks out, we'll start and we sort of highlight a different aspect of that event uh, for six weeks. For every other event, it's between three and four weeks out um, that we, so the fourth, the fourth week from the event, you know, it's, it's just a quick, a hey, heads up, this is happening. Go ahead and get it on your calendars. We want you to be a part of it. And then the third week is like a little more explanation of the details. You know, this is what's going on and this is how you can be involved. Two weeks out is sort of like the hard sell, the hard push. Hey, we're going to, uh, we really, now's the time that you've been waiting. You've heard about it for a couple of weeks. Now's the time for you to, to, take your, take your next step and get involved in this. Um, and then the last week is sort of like the last call and, and, and 
typically if it's something where we need a certain amount of volunteers for, you know, we'll just communicate, you know, we need 50 volunteers for this. We've got 40. So we need 10 of you to step up and, and be a part of, you know, this activity, this event. Um, so that's, that's typically three to four weeks is typical, our typical, um, process for communicating events. Okay. Yeah, that sounds good. So I don't know how you came up with that formula. I, in, in our our world, we we realized that people come to church. So we're in South Florida, uh, Fort mm-hmm. Lauderdale type area. So people on average, like uh, on the fringes, will come to church once every four weeks, mm-hmm. once every six weeks, maybe something mm-hmm. along those lines. Mm-hmm. So we, uh, we kind of decided that, yeah, four weeks out for major events is probably going to catch them at least once, you mm-hmm. know, um, mm-hmm. during a typical cycle. Um, of course, the regulars, you know, they come more often, so they're going to hear right. it more often. But that's just kind of what we found out. So we've been going with this four week. Uh, is there any any input to wh- why you chose, you know, four weeks out versus three or something different? So I, I think you're right. A lot of people do attend less frequently. Um, I, I'll just say if if you are relying solely on your verbal in-person announcements to communicate to your church, then you're probably missing at least half of them because they, you may have communicated it from the stage, but for whatever reason they weren't there or they weren't listening or they were sick that day or whatever, or they were serving in kids ministry. So they didn't hear the announcement. So in-person announcements are important, but you can't put all your eggs in that basket. You've got to use the other avenues to communicate email, social media, uh, uh, screens and slides, and, and uh, of course, word of mouth as well. So you've got to use those other avenues to help communicate the events. Uh, that's great. So how do you tell somebody in the church that wants to announce something from the stage? How do you tell them no? Like, <laughs> how does that <laughs> so, conversation go? Yeah. So we, we have, we ran up into that before we established our, our communication policy um, and by the way, I'd, I'd be happy to share that policy with you guys, like the, the full written out version, if that's helpful for uh, your audience, Michael, you can put it in the show notes or whatever, and be happy to share that. Um, but before we established that policy, we would get these just random requests from people who were doing good things, but maybe it was something that wasn't like totally sponsored by the church. It was sort of like a, a pet project of somebody or something that only applied to just a handful of people. Um, and so, like for one that I can think of um, was a, a great ministry and it was a great opportunity, but uh, a lady in our church, she wanted to announce the um, crisis pregnancy center fundraising event because she wanted eight, I think it was eight, eight people to claim a ticket for a table that she had purchased. And so like it was a fundraising dinner and she had eight tickets and she wanted people in the church to use one of those tickets to go to this crisis pregnancy fundraising dinner that, that we support crisis pregnancy centers. You know, we, we support that wholeheartedly, but it only applied to eight people and we didn't want uh, to take up time communicating that specific event because it was, it was just a, a small group. And so before we established the policy, we had, we pretty much either had to offend them or we had to 
you put make the announcement right and typically our pastor would go ahead and make the announcement because he didn't want to offend anybody so um when we establish the policy then it michael if you're the one asking me to make an announcement about your dog's birthday party i can <laughs> say without it being a personal attack towards you i can say hey michael i'm sorry you know we have a communication policy and because that only applies to a certain amount of people, we can't communicate that uh, from the stage where we aren't able to make those types of announcements anymore. So we're putting that back on the policy that was agreed to, that was communicated to all the key leaders, you know, and all the key leaders had input in this. And so they had plenty of opportunity to speak into the process. And then we can just fall back on the policy. Um, if there's a, if there's somebody who wants to communicate something that we don't want to. <laughs> that's oh, that's good. That's good. I love that. <laughs> so uh, I think we've all been there and experienced yeah. that uh, that moment. Uh, what's you got to tell somebody no? What's the mindset behind the announcements? I guess before we move on, like, are we trying to communicate like what's going on, or like from your approach, are we trying to communicate a why? Or you, there's a short amount of time. You know, we mm-hmm. we, we talked. We'll talk about it later on. But like. Uh, you know, we, we don't want to spend a ton of time trying to announce things and all that stuff. But I guess what's the mindset going into it as you're thinking about announcements? Are you trying to mm-hmm. inspire? Are you trying to do the next steps? Like, what does that look like? I would say, you know, of those two is, is do you want them to do something with it? Like, why are you communicating something if unless you want the congregation to do something with what you're communicating? And so you want them to take it as a step take so you i think every announcement should have some sort of call to action uh where you're asking them to to respond in some way to whatever it is that you just announced i mean so you're trying to communicate i was going to say with that the call to action are you trying to tap into the why a little i guess from i I do announcements from time to time so Mm -hmm. One of the things that I don't want people to miss is like, it, it's not just like, hey, we're doing this thing. We have this harvest party, mm-hmm. but how can we point back to the why or to a value or something along those lines? Mm-hmm. Um, so we, I try to communicate that um, very briefly, like there's not a lot of time. Yeah. Uh, so it's like pointing back to the, the why behind the what, um, mm-hmm. or at least hint, yeah. hinting at it as much as possible. Yes. I mean, definitely you should there are some announcements where it's it's just is a what like you're just communicating yeah. the what but if it's uh if it's something that's like outreach related or something that's tied to your mission then you should don't assume that they understand what the why is you should communicate the why you know we're going to minister to the homeless because like give them the why um not just the what so yeah i, I do think that that's an important part of it one of the other things I, um, I I found to be helpful is that that mindset of like we don't want something from you, we want something for you. Mm-hmm. So even like just trying to communicate something from that perspective, like mm-hmm. even if you're hey we're doing a drive to bring coats or something like that, but we want something for you. Like we want to give you an opportunity to be generous, or we want to give your family an opportunity to make an impact in the city, mm-hmm. or something like that. Mm-hmm. Uh, it's it helps me to kind of communicate that. Mm-hmm. And then it, then the call to action is, okay, bring your coats in th- in three weeks. By the way, that doesn't happen in South Florida. That was a bad example. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> we don't need the coats. <laughs> right. No, but I get what you're saying. I think that's, I think that's really helpful to, um, 
try to encourage them. Um, you know, there are some things you do just because God has commanded us to do it, but there are also things that you, you know, you go to bless someone, but in return you receive, or at least you feel like you received more of a blessing by being the giver. You know, Jesus said it's more blessed to give than to receive. So yeah, I think, I think that's good. So let's talk about the people who do the, who, who do the announcements. Mm-hmm. Um, how do we find the right people? What are some of the qualifications or even some of the training we've um, I've been through this uh, from time to time with different churches I've been at. Not everybody is good at this. Sure. Some people, they just talk too much. <laughs> um, yeah. Some people, um, it, they don't communicate or come across friendly or it's, it's kind of robotic. Mm-hmm. Uh, they don't have a good um, vibe for it. There's other people that are great. They connect, they, they can throw a joke in there and it's, it works really well. And you just mm-hmm. feel good, you know, after they're done, even though they're announcing things, they still make you feel good. Mm-hmm. I guess, what, what are your thoughts as far as like, how do you find the right people? So if you are, if you're able to make these types of decisions, one of the very first things you should ask is, are they coachable? Like if you're, if you're approaching someone about being a host for your services, ask, are they coachable? Because uh, no matter how much experience they have, they need to, you need to be able to give them some feedback on how they can improve. And so if they're, if they're humble, if they're coachable, if they're willing to learn, I think pretty much anybody could be a host and and do a good job. Um, it doesn't have to be somebody who's a professional speaker um, or even a staff member. We typically always use staff members because it gives an opportunity for staff members who aren't on stage every week to have some um, some time in front of the audience, in front of the congregation. Um, but you could use, uh, you know, just a regular lay leader, uh, somebody, a small group leader or something like that, if they're willing to learn, willing to accept some constructive criticism and, and get some feedback. That's good. I, I think to, uh, with our situation, uh, we we don't have any staff. Uh, we're, okay. You know, we're a church that's three years old. And uh-huh. so we found some people that um, have a, a good uh connection or they're they're good speaking you know uh, uh in front of people mm-hmm. so we, we've kind of targeted specifically you know a few people that we feel would do well mm-hmm. we've also tried to um do a rotation and i'm not sure again we try to do a rotation of like um a few different faces uh just to be kind of representational of the people that are in the congregation sure. mm-hmm. so like we'll, yeah. we'll we'll try to have a lady uh do announcements or I might do announcements or uh, somebody else. I don't know. We, we try to kind of have a good kind of crossroads. Somebody younger, you know, I'm, I'm in my mm-hmm. 40s. So I'm getting older now. So maybe somebody younger will do it for. Um, and then right. the, what I've also found, too, and this is just might be a personal thing, but I like doing it two weeks in a row. Um, so mm-hmm. I find it like the, if I can build a little bit of momentum from one week to the next, it kind of helps me kind of get locked in. So it's just again, that's just kind of one of the things I, I like to do. Mm-hmm. Um, but the coachability thing for sure is huge. Um, but I think if, what we've tried to find is as well are people that are just um, natural as far as like being able to communicate something and and have that mm-hmm. kind of likability from mm-hmm. from the stage mm-hmm. um, so that when people watch it and they're they're viewing the announcements, they are getting information, but at the same time it's 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 kind of easy to that to digest. so. Mm-hmm. I think it's good to have a rotation of 
of people if you if you have people that you can trust and that can communicate well uh it's it's helpful i would say even if you do have a rotation you should still have a consistent formula or framework that you use and you encourage them to use so that the quality of the announcement time does not dip from week to week depending on just their personality or just you know their ability to to deliver obviously there's yeah, some I'll, there's some skill I'll, that they need but everybody can learn but if you have a, a framework then everybody can follow the framework and of course inject their own personality into the framework you don't want to, it's not a stiff rote you know you're reading off the script um but you want them to you want the quality and the what is communicated to be consistent from week to week um no matter who's on stage yeah we just a funny story we had a uh, somebody doing announcements and they were uh so our church our brand we target new believers people that are new to mm -hmm. the faith sure. uh, so a lot of what we do is is towards that so uh, we, when we do announcements, we want to make sure we unpack things in a way that uh, somebody that's new to church and doesn't mm -hmm. under, understand church would uh, would understand it. In South Florida, ninety seven percent of people don't don't come to church, so that's kind of our vibe. Yeah. So one of the people doing announcements, uh, they had mentioned in one of the announcements, and I forgot the context, but they mentioned the the oil of Gilead um, in the announcements. And uh -huh. I know that's like a Bible reference, right. but I've been in church all my life and I can't think of like where that came from, uh -huh. but, I, but it was like super, super insider, you know, right. churchy type type thing. Yeah. Or somebody else might've said the, uh, the, the, you know, we're going to, we're going to send Judah first. Let's go back into praise and worship right now. And, you know, uh -huh. so um, we've had some of those things kind of happen in the past and we've had to coach, you know, Hey, listen, um, we want to make sure we're using language. That's uh, everybody can understand in the room. So that coachability thing is huge. And, yeah. you know, anyway, it's just a funny story to emphasize what we're talking about. Yeah. Yeah. I think, I think that's where it's important, you know, especially if you have somebody new, ask them to write out their announcement segment, like just script it out and then you can review it. If you're leading, if you're responsible for it, you can review it and then give them feedback before they actually present it. Like don't wait for them to present it. And then you have to go and correct something like sort of do a trial run or a couple of trial runs and, and that way they know what you're expecting. And they also can, um, they're not using those acronyms or insider language or language that somebody who is not a part of the church doesn't understand. So you're, you're talking about a formula um, or a framework that you've established mm -hmm. um, and you're, you're sending out like announcements uh, earlier in the week, right? So whoever's mm -hmm. up, will get it in advance. Why don't mm -hmm. you walk through your process and the formula? Yeah. So as the, as my role at the church, I'm responsible for what's communicated. And so uh, usually it's on Thursday. I will look ahead to see what's sort of coming up, what needs to be communicated based off of our policy. And uh, and then I will write uh, some bullet points and I, s I actually send it to all of our staff just so everybody's aware about what's going to be communicated. Um, but I send it to the person, the host, and and basically all they have to do is just follow the follow the framework. And so the framework is is really simple. It's always a, a introduction. You should always introduce yourself. Like don't just get up there and start talking because you're you're trying to think of this through the lens of a first time guest, somebody who's never been to your church or maybe never been to any church. So try to communicate as clearly as you can to that person. And so 
even though 95% of the people in the in our church, you know, they know who I am every time I get up. Hey, everybody. It's so great to see you. My name's Joshua. I'm one of the pastors here. I say that every, every time I get on stage. Um, and so you introduce yourself. Then you always welcome, welcome everyone, especially if it's somebody's first time. We try not to use the word guest because guest sort of implies that they might not come back like they're only there temporarily. We say, we try to use the word first time. If this is your first time here, I usually say, if this is your first time here or your first time back in a while, we want to say a special welcome to you. Then we go to connection card. And the connection card for us is uh, there's a physical and digital version uh, so they can use the physical card or digital card. And it's not just for first-time guests because it has prayer requests. So we encourage everyone, if they have a prayer request, a prayer need, they can put it on the card. And we promise to pray for them throughout the week uh, over that prayer request. So uh, it's yeah, intro, welcome. Uh, I forgot to mention, we also be sure to welcome those watching online at that time. Oh, so yeah. It's not just those in the room, but anybody who's joining us online, we welcome them. And then it's connection card. And then it's leading into whatever announcements need to be communicated. We typically will start with the announcement that is the farthest away. So if it's a four week out or three week out announcement, we'll do that first because we want the last announcement. That's going to be the most important thing that we're trying to communicate for that day. So if we're doing three announcements and I don't, I recommend no more than three. We didn't really talk about that, but if you've got 12 announcements, they're not going to remember anything. <laughs> so you can think of it like bowling balls. This is from Donald Miller. Uh, some of you probably know him and his story brand framework, but he, he basically says every time you give a big idea or a big thought in communicating, you're handing them a bowling ball and you want them to hold the bowling ball. So you give them two bowling balls. They can hold three bowling balls. They can like manage it. But when you hand them the fourth bowling ball, they're going to drop all of them. And so they're not going to remember anything. So if you have five, six, 12 announcements, most of what you're communicating is not going to land. Uh, it's going to fall on deaf ears. So that's a tip. So three announcements, the, the one that's furthest out first, and then the next one, and then the most important one we save. And then the, that last one, we usually try to tie a story into that announcement. So either uh, something that we've Love done that. in the past, like how, how that this event, what we did last year, how it impacted someone or some sort of missions outreach or something that we're uh, doing as a church. We try to tie that into the last announcement if possible. And then we go into offer, offering and, uh, and a prayer. So how they can give. And remember, we're talking to first-time guests, so I try to always say, if this is your first time here, we do not expect you to give, because that's a hurdle for some people for coming to church. They they think the church just wants their money, so we try to address that up front, right out, right out of the gate. We're not expecting you to give. If this is your first time, I usually say we do give our regular attenders an opportunity to give as the Lord directs them, but if it's your first time, we don't expect you to give today. So then I explain how they can give and then pray um, before the pastor comes for the sermon. So that's that's pretty much our, our framework. Um, and so I outline that, send it off to whoever the host is. They get it on Thursday, so they have a couple of days to prepare, and then they deliver on Sunday. So a couple, couple quick hitters. Uh, we'll we'll start to wrap up this part of the uh, the topic here. But yeah. a couple quick hitters that uh, I'd love to throw you away and see what your thoughts are. Mm -hmm. um, 
Number one, so I don't know what your flow of service looks like, but if you're asking people to sit down, you know, or you're, you're kind of transitioning to where they're mm-hmm. standing to sit, sitting, how do you do that? Do you do like, hey, give somebody a high five, greet somebody, or do you just tell them to sit down? Just quick, quick thought on that. <laughs> okay, so... Um, so we don't ask people to like turn around and greet and hug and, and all that, that sort of, that we stopped doing that well before COVID, but we, everything in our service, again, we're thinking through the lens of a first time guest. And if, if you haven't been to church for the first time in a while, like I encourage you to go visit a church, but not a church that's in your denomination, go visit a church that's in a different denomination or even a different faith altogether, just visit and, and, and make note of how you feel. It's awkward. It feels weird. So if, if you're asking somebody to give me a hug and I have never met you before, you know, some people may love that. I don't love that. Most people probably don't love that. So we don't say turn around and every now and then, I mean, maybe once every two years or something, I'll say, you know, give somebody a high five and tell them you're glad to see them. So, uh, but that's, it's extremely rare because we're always thinking through the lens of a first time guest. So if I, if I'm getting to sit down, um, so we stand for worship, uh, pretty much the whole time at the end of the worship set, I typically will say something like, thanks so much for singing and worshiping with us today. You guys can be seated. And, and then they sit down and then we move on to the next thing. So that's, that's that's typical. Flow. Yeah, our pers- we're similar. Uh, our church is a little. We do the high five, so okay. we feel like it's. Um, and then it's have a seat. Uh, and then also during that time is typically when we're transitioning into the announcements and all that stuff. So we, we might do a greeting uh, to the online audience. Yeah. So something like, "Hey, give somebody a high five before you sit down." Hey, welcome to everybody joining us online. We're so glad mm-hmm. you're here. My name is Michael, mm-hmm. and then we go. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. High five fist bump. I think that's, that's cool. If you're talking about hug and like this, I mean, I've seen churches where they'll have a four or five minute greeting time. And that, that does work for a certain size congregation. Uh, Another thing that I'll send you, Michael, that you can use in, in your show notes is Tim Keller's communication plan based on church size. It is gold. Um, and, and, and basically he says, as your church grows, you have to change the way you communicate. And so, and one of those things is, you know, do you ask people to greet during the service or not? And so depending on your size, will determine what decision you make. Awesome. I love it. So we'll get some really good resources in the show notes. So make sure you check that out. Um, okay. The other one, uh, bulletins, mm-hmm. what do you think, what are your thoughts on bulletins? Should we be doing them? <laughs> So I am not a fan of bulletins. <clears throat> I think they could work in certain certain situations, but the question to ask is the amount of time that we're spending to produce this and money, is it getting a return based on the amount of time? So if you have a, an admin or secretary or someone is spending, you know, 6 or 8 hours a week and you're paying you know, $60 a week to print your bulletins like that, just the amount of time and the the resources that you're using to produce that is significant. And so you've got to ask, is this producing enough value for the amount of time and money that we're spending on it? I think that's the, that's, you've got to decide that. And if you can justify it, then go for it. But in today's day with the, the digital age, I don't think there's a need for a bulletin. 
uh, because you there are other ways to communicate what you're trying to communicate um, to your audience. Yeah, make sure you uh, check out part two of this because uh, we'll talk about what that might look like. Yeah. And then the, the final uh, question I had uh, is video announcements. Uh, what mm -hmm. are your thoughts? Live announcements versus video announcements? Video announcements, I would, I would put in the same similar category as far as deciding when to do them as bulletin is the time that you're spending on it. Is it producing enough value uh, for the time and the resources that you're spending? If you have somebody who can do it well um, and they can do it relatively quickly, then I think it's a great resource because you can, you can really hone in exactly what you want to communicate. And you also can use that video in other, like, on social media and other ways. Um, we did a, we did video announcements for probably five years and I was responsible for it. Um, I would record pretty much every week. We would record announcement segment. I was spending between five and eight hours a week on this two and a half minute commercial. Um, and I had an admin at the time and she would help. She did some of it. And so that was helpful. Uh, but then she transitioned. And when she transitioned, I just told our team, you know, I don't think I can spend eight hours every week. I don't think this is pro providing enough value for me to spend eight hours every week to produce this commercial. And so that's when we went to, um, we went to in-person, we established the framework and we went to in-person announcements going forward. So good. All right. So we, we talked about a lot. Um, yeah. Before we close it out, any final thoughts about the strategy when it comes to announcements? Um, think of your think of your audience, and always think of the first time guests. Like first timer, you want to make sure you can communicate whatever you're communicating. They need to be able to understand it, and they need to be able to take action. And uh, if it applies to a majority of the congregation, then communicate it, especially if it's tied to your mission or vision. Um, if it doesn't, then use a different channel, a different avenue to communicate uh, those events. Excellent. Hey, Josh, I love the way you think and the way you unpack uh, this, this whole process that every church has to um, figure out. Uh, it is kind of the stepchild, but I think one of the things we talked about leading into all this, this episode, kind of our pre-conversation is that it can really enhance the service experience. Like mm -hmm. if you're thinking about it with the right mindset, um, mm -hmm. then it can really enhance uh, the things you value as a church. Mm -hmm. uh, it can add value to people and it doesn't have to be a stepchild. It can be something that becomes a really great part of the, the service experience from, from week to week. Yeah. So yeah. this is the episode on our, our, our strategies. Uh, we will have another episode coming up. Uh, Josh, thank you so much for being on the, on the podcast. Hey, thanks, Michael. And if I can help you guys, don't hesitate to shoot me an email. It's just joshua at worshipresources.church. So if you have questions about any of this, I'd, be, I'd love to chat with you about it. Joshua at worshipresources.church. That's perfect. Yep. Check that out. And uh, thanks again, Joshua. Appreciate you to be, being on the podcast. Thanks for listening today. Remember, this is part one of two episodes that we have when, we, when it comes to announcements. Uh, if you like this episode, if you like the podcast, if this is helpful to you, I would love for you to subscribe uh, both on YouTube, also as a podcast on your favorite podcast player. 
Uh, that just helps get the word out. Leave a review if you can. That'd be great. Uh, again, it just helps to get the, the word out to help more and more churches just like yours to do this really well. Again, our hope, our goal is to help you as a communications director at your church, whatever that looks like, whatever your title looks like. You might be volunteering. You might be a pastor that's doing everything, but we just want to help you to win. Uh, make sure you check out churchbrandguide.com for great resources. We have a free download that's going to help you when it comes to like branding your church. And uh, we have a lot of different episodes as well, uh, even examples from churches that we have worked with that we built websites or logos or any of those type of things uh, that, that'll just help to inspire you. So check out that great resource at churchbrandguide.com. There's also a way for you to reach out if you want to work with me directly uh, or have me work directly with your church to help you create some of these systems um, and branding elements. So uh, check that out as well churchbrandguide.com. Thanks again for listening, and I'll see you on the next episode.